0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of Social Media School with Sonia Kilji. I hope that you guys have enjoyed me kind of mixing my guests up. Not only are we having social media experts and activists and humanitarians and artists up, but today we're having a really, really amazing entrepreneur as well as salesperson. And as you guys know about me, I am addicted to selling i the dopamine hit i get every time i close a deal is unlike anything else in my life so i'm excited to dive into the topic of sales today especially as it applies to entrepreneurship. And we'll explore a couple of other topics that are very relevant to today's market. So before I bring today's guest out, I just want to remind everyone that Social Media School with Sanya Keoji is not just a podcast. It is a community where I bring all of the guests and the listeners together. Um, so please join our Facebook group. It is social media school with Sanya Kilji, which is spelled S A N I A K H I L J E E. There you will have an opportunity to connect with the speakers as well as ask more questions and receive additional training on social media and marketing and sales and entrepreneurship and, uh, know related subjects so join us there and please help me welcome our guest Jay White who is the director and owner of Jeremy Jacob Letting Specialists in Kensington London and because some of you might be as stupid as I am I had to just double check what a letting agency was because I'm from the US and sometimes our words are a little bit different and so it is a rental agency and I'm gonna let Jay explain a little bit more about what he does Welcome Jay.
1: Hey Sonia, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show.
0: I am so glad we got the audio to work. I think Zoom has been going a little bit crazy with the amount of users that are on it. So I'm glad we're able to hear each other now, Jay, because I know you're going to be dropping so, so much value. Tell us just a little bit more about yourself.
1: Okay, so I am owner and director of jeremy jacob letting specialist we are a a niche letting only agency in kensington in london and we specialize in just letting so we don't sell property Um, we, we 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 have chosen to be an expert in a singular field which is just specializing in helping our landlords find tenants for their properties collect their rents every month pass it over to them, and then also manage tenancy. So we look after the tenants, and if they've got any problems, they will contact us.
0: Awesome, like maintenance issues and things of that sort?
1: That's it. You got it. The whole shebang.
0: Phenomenal. Jay, uh, real estate is the the best thing one can be in, I believe. However, right now we are in unprecedented times where people are unable to go to work, they're unable to make rental payments on their properties um, and it's putting landlords under a lot of pressure. Talk to me about what you are seeing, especially um, in your city right now.
1: That is a really great question because when this pandemic really got into it, I was very concerned if tenants... Would start telephoning us in their droves um, saying we can't pay the rent. But we have been delighted to see that our tenants have stuck by, they, they've been maintaining to pay their rents. So there's been a couple of incidences, incidents where um, due to the complexity, a little bit different way that the tenancy is set up. So for example, we've got a business renting one property we've uh, conceded with the landlord and we've we've allowed the tenant to have a, a reduced rent. But overall, everyone's been paying their rent. It's early days still, I think. I think that we are in the early stages of it and really until I think everyone starts to return to work and then maybe we look at the next following quarter and how the figures come in on the economy and then we might start to see potentially, you know, things around the corner. But I think it's still early, early, early in a sense to tell right at this moment.
0: You know, that's actually a huge blessing because I'm in Houston, um, Texas, and the U.S. has the most number of cases in the world from what I last checked. So we're we're getting hit very hard. Landlords Mm -hmm. are getting hit very, very hard. And then I'm in an oil and gas city where most yes. people are dependent on that industry for jobs. So that has completely collapsed. Um, and then, you know, so it's just, it's just a lot of pressure, especially that we're, we're facing and we're seeing in our city right now. And mm-hmm. we're just starting to see the wave of pressure. It We haven't even crushed under it yet. Um, and I think we're going to feel it pretty badly um, in the coming months. And so I'm actually really happy for you that you're not feeling the full weight or feeling too much pressure from it yet but you know what as all business owners must do we must adapt and change to these times no matter what comes there is a lot of uncertainty and um, that's part of being an entrepreneur though I think a lot of entrepreneurs never thought that they would be living through something like this so um, Jay talk to me a little bit about your entrepreneurship journey how did you uh, decide to start this company and just tell us that story
1: yeah, sure. So I, it really began, I think just knowing a little bit about me, I had probably looking back on it now, a, a little bit of a rebellious streak. Um, I certainly did not do so well in terms of corporate politics. I always got very frustrated by it. And um, when we talk about what drives you and, you know, one of the obvious things people say is, is that they want to be successful and, and to have lots of money. But there was definitely um a driving factor of wanting to create my, I guess, own culture, just believing that I could create and harness a better culture within the company, and, and you know, just because of my own experiences of politics in other companies. So I started off working for a very big, large estate agency in London. Um, I learned my best sales training there. I have fond memories there, and then I went to a mid-level estate agency. The first agency, I probably spent about four to five years there. And then I went to the mid-level agency where it was a little bit more relaxed. The first agency was very aggressive as well. Uh, So the second agency, the mid-level agency, that was a little bit more relaxed. And I I learned a more sort of refined and eloquent way of doing my salesmanship. And then I went to a really small company that was a startup. And it was from being there, um, really boots on the ground and getting stuck in with all the trench work that I started to really go hey I can do this myself and I started then to formulate and prepare and um, I took the leap and it was great and I started uh, Jeremy Jacob Letting Specialist in 2014 and we're in our sixth year and here we are today
0: that is fantastic. I mean, they say the first year is the hardest of entrepreneurship or the first five years is when I think something around like 90% of startups fail or some statistic very close to that. So the fact that you are in your sixth year is actually very monumental. It's a massive milestone. So congratulations. And I'm going to make a pretty strong straight, strong statement right now, which is if you know how to sell, like you, if you can really sell. A, you'll always figure out a way to survive and b you can be an entrepreneur it is the most critical skill of entrepreneurship it is the most it's the oxygen of of entrepreneurship and uh, you know that's how that's what I feel what would you say about that Jay
1: hundred percent um it, it's something I'm really passionate about and I I don't know if it's my age, but I just feel that if anyone that might be listening to these podcasts that are younger, um, I do think that the younger generation, if they're not too careful, have become maybe too reliant on the passivity of social media communication, and text-based communication. And I would challenge them to, to say, look, we try, try and it's, good, it's great stuff. I, I'm, it's brilliant, you know. Look at where we are with this pandemic now. Social media—you realize how amazing it's been. But you know that sort of face-to-face relationship, the telephone relationship, going out and having meetings, and th- those that that type of relationship to this day still is has been the most amazing and, and reap the best benefits of, of that real qualitative connectivity um, relationship.
0: That's a very, very great point. You know, it's something I never really even thought about. We've become so used to the ease of being able to look things up about people and quick DMs versus lengthier emails and just, you know, just uh just like a more informal communication, text-based communication versus face-to-face. And I think that's taking away a little bit of the humanity of the process and I mean, there is nothing, there is nothing that will beat cold calling to this day. And people might feel like cold calling is super outdated, but it is just so, so powerful to be able to pick up the phone and be able to create a relationship and make sales. And, um, not, I guess not too many people know this about me, but, um, I, when I was in college at, when I was in university, the The thing that I studied was marketing. That was my major, but I minored in a program called sales and we were the number one sales program in the country. And the reason I chose that minor was because I knew I was book smart, but I didn't know if I was street smart. I didn't know if I could sell. So I joined this program and what we did was we had to make actual sales to get our grades. We couldn't, we couldn't buy our grades. We couldn't, we couldn't just study for our grades. We had to sell to get our, our passing grade. And so that was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience that I had. And so I'm a firm believer in the power of selling. And you know it's, uh, we do have a, quite a few uh, people that are younger Jay that listen into this podcast so give them some tips on how they can sharpen their sales skills if they never have gotten a chance to.
1: Well, I think it's it's a bad experience. And, and that's another thing. I think uh, from my experience with working with younger people, you know, younger people are, are very savvy. They have a lot of side hustles going on and don't feel... don't feel uh that it's a bad thing to have to be employed um in what you might feel is a very straightforward generic cookie cutter style job because if you just do that experience throw yourself into the deep end yes you have no intention of one wanting to stick around but you will pick up so much experience and i i would just say develop a little bit of patience um yeah to to go for a sales role i mean my first sales job oh it, i mean it was it was an interest it was interesting but it, it was quite bland as well which was uh selling surcharging atm cash machines the ones that you see in the shops like the bingo halls the nightclubs the convenience shops where you have to pay you know a surcharge to here in the uk is one pound fifty two pounds um, and that is an industry that's very sort of Saturated now, and it's a dead duck. But you know, I was I was in that industry for a couple of years before I went into real estate, and I was I was driving around the country, going into all types and variety of businesses, and having to pitch them this monstrosity of a machine to go in their shop, and it would obviously cost a lot of money if you wanted to buy it outright. It cost three thousand um, pounds. But I got to you, you have to, you, you do you get told to go away a lot you telephone up to arrange an appointment you get passed around by different business owners um you get said you get told no a lot and when you go down to the sh- to the to the business the shop the organization and you're hoping to sign them up you may have to accept that you're you're going to get rejected and um but obviously it feels so amazing if you get the deal and it's yeah, i guess it's it's getting an insight and understanding of the roller coaster of emotions because you are going to have highs and you're going to have lows and when you when you feel those lows that's where you dig in that's where you learn about yourself you go am I going to quit am I going to keep going and that is developing that tenacity for the future
0: it's funny that you say the word tenacity because as you were speaking I was actually mouthing that word um it is you know Sales, being in sales and being in entrepreneurship is a lot of the same emotion of failure and rejection and getting through it and innovating and figuring out what works and figuring out what doesn't work and building relationships. And that's why I think they complement each other so beautifully, as well as are critical components of one another. I remember that I would get so frustrated when I was told no as a salesperson, but then I would realize at some point it became a numbers game. So you get no, told no, then you get told no. And the more times you get told no, well, you're getting closer to that yes. And so I would just try to keep that in perspective and I would figure out, okay, if I say things like this, are more people converting? Okay, what if I speak like that? What if I add this into my pitch? And slowly you get better and you get more confident and you get more passionate and you start to believe more in your product and and people, you start to to change the needle and people start to say yes a little bit more um you know it's, it's interesting though that you got your start with something that was pretty much such a unsexy sale basically you're having to like <laughs> go around and sell this machine and yeah. it's not fun and so you know i but i would bet you would credit a lot of your success to that knowledge that you gained in those days
1: yeah, definitely, because I I, spent, I dealt with such a variety and type of person. So imagine you walk into your, so in London, you walk into your convenience shop in London and you've got Mr Singh, Mr Kumar, um, Indian roots, uh, parlaying with them. And then you're walking into a bingo hall and it's very corporate or you, there were even strip clubs. It was just so such a, a variety of uh, oh, uh, garages where you fill up your, your gas for your car, petrol for your car. It's just such a variety of types of uh, businesses. And there were always members of staff posing as the front person that we were dealing with, but they didn't make the decision. Does the manager make the decision? Uh, maybe not. Is it, is it the owner? Okay, who is the owner? There's more than one owner. And it was just a constant battle working out sometimes who the real owner was and who was the, the decision maker. So that in itself was like a little bit of an investigation investigation game. And that's, you know, true salesmanship. You get to put on your detective hat and, and work out what's really going on, sniffing sniffing for the information. And it's, uh, you know, it's quite, it's, quite, um, it's quite fun when you get to sort of piece the jigsaw together and slowly get to the end goal. Because all you're doing is you're slowly creating a box and you're closing that box in on your sale and it's not to be manipulative or to to be too pressurizing it's just you know to qualify it and get to the right person ask the right questions and then close the box and then we have the answer yes we're going to go with it it's a sale
0: fantastic let's go ahead and dissect that a little bit further Mm -hmm. you use the term decision maker which a lot of people who are not super immersed in the world of sales may not understand when you're going into an organization when you're calling an organization you might get the receptionist but it's the it's the boss it's the owner that that decides yes or no or maybe it might be the manager that gets to say yes or no and sign off and and pay you the check you know so who who has to say yes before you get money That is your decision maker. How do you get to them? And you're right. It is sometimes the most difficult part. Number two is, you know, what problem is this decision maker having? What problem is this business having? And three, how can you solve that problem? If you don't have a problem, you're not going to really get too far with your solution, right? With your sale. You got to find some sort of pain point or problem. And the bigger the pain, usually the bigger the paycheck. So that's a few of the things that I've learned that I can definitely hear you echoing. And... You know, lead generation for people is a huge concern, whether that be in the online world or whether that be offline. So Jay, talk to me about some of the ways that you generate leads for your business online as well as offline.
1: I just, this, this quote just came into my mind. I think Wendy Lipton uh, said this, Debner, she's a author of these self-help books, um, stay in touch with people when you don't need anything. It just literally gets one of my favorite quotes because, you know, sometimes the sale is not going to happen for two, three years, but you stay in touch with that person. And if I quickly transfer it now into my world of property, there are some tenants that um, they're searching with me actually for a really long time because they might have a really certain type of property that will enable justify for them to move in, in the area and they don't have to move. If they find something they like they will put in their two months written notice to end their existing tenancy agreement and then they'll move but i have been on a journey with some tenants where that process took nearly three years and if you could get frustrated and just say to hell with these people they're wasting my time but the fact of the matter is they love hearing from you me and we have a stronger relationship every time I connect with them and, and learn more about what their needs are. And it, you know, it, 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 goes off the script. It goes more into just personal lives, knowing each other genuinely. And, um, even if I don't place them or find them as a tenant, you know, some of the tenants I have, they, they work in finance. They work in very amazing positions in the city. They, they've got very good top jobs and you never know when, you know, you're, your paths might cross again and you could have an investor under your nose. Um, So it's, yeah, building those relationships. And uh, yes, I like that staying in touch with people when you don't need anything. You still there?
0: I think that's one of the best pieces of advice that I have heard is to stay in touch with people when you don't need them. See, for, for me, I am a huge about, bringing people into my community and providing as much value as I possibly can and just building a relationship uh, with no expectation really in the beginning at all, like zero expectation and just kind of see where that relationship goes. You know, for example, Jay, you and I kind of met each other in the world of TikTok and we had this mutual love of books and so we connected. Okay, I don't have any properties to rent out I might in the future, Um, who knows? And I don't foresee you needing social media coaching services right now. Maybe in the future you might, right? Who knows? But I might know someone who needs your service. You might know someone. I might be stuck with a specific business problem that you can assist me with. We may have people in each other's networks where an introduction might be very valuable. Just the sky is the limit, really, with the types of interactions and the types of opportunities that have come up from people that I simply just focused on building a relationship with. And I really want people to to highlight that portion because a lot of people are into relationship building for what's in it for me and they move on very quickly and I for example especially have used this quarantine time to be extremely social to connect with as many people as I can all across social media to start this podcast as a means and a vehicle to network with some amazing brilliant people all over the world and share their story and so You know, I I think that is one piece of advice I truly, truly encourage people to take to heart. And if you can't remember to, stay in touch with them, um, use a CRM system. So put put people's information in it and set a reminder every few months, just touch base with them, see how they're doing, add them on social media, follow and like their posts and you know their family pictures and X, Y, Z and be human. That's a huge part of this is being human. So Jay, are there any particular books or influencers or speakers that really helped you learn more about sales during your journey? Right.
1: First of all, can I just say shout out about TikTok? Because yes, that's how we met. And I'm just really loving it and having a blast on it. And um, it's just really fun. And, and can I just say as well, you, you actually um, mentioned a book that I've written down and it's in my list now on Amazon. It was about mar- digital marketing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I was so thankful that you posted that one because you said it was one of the better books you've read. And I thought, well, if you've said that, I definitely want To read it. So and I am a big, big, big book reader. Um, and I know you are by the sound of it. And uh okay, so influences. Um, I'm just looking behind my bookshelf now. I mean I I noticed that a lot of people at the moment say um uh Gary V. And that's fine. And I get he worked really hard and he's been a sort of whip stirring on a, a storm of the, the tock, but i look back at an old classic anthony robbins he's been around a really long time mm-hmm. uh, he's he's a classic but in terms of books that i've read there's some some of the ones that are more geared towards salesmanship i think of um the seven habits of highly effective people which i recently reread oh
0: um, i love that book it's one of my top
1: three yeah it's a brilliant book and it just sort of just I guess, softens you in terms of the way you communicate to people. Uh, and, and, and same thing, uh, how to win friends and influence people, because that title sounds very manipulative, but if you to read that book, that book is just beautiful about how, how to just communicate and, and present language to people in a way that gets the best out of them so they, they don't get upset and get angry with you and so you can get the best out of the situation. I could go on forever though. I've got so many books that I love. Um,
0: I uh, definitely recommend the second one for anyone in sales. Um, I actually was also, again, it's like we're reading each other's minds because I was thinking of those two books (laughs) and you mentioned exactly those two books. Um, First off, you're going to love the Russell Brunson book that I recommended. It's phenomenal. Um, When you read it, message me afterwards. I want to know what your thoughts are. Um, But See, here's the thing about seven or about uh, how to win friends and influence people. It's by Dale Carnegie. And when That's I read it the first time, my exact thought process was, this is stupid, it's so obvious. And then I read it a second time because I was like, I must be missing something. And then I realized, okay, I'm the idiot because this is so fundamental and so foundational. And I'm not even doing half this shit. So I might say I know it, but am I actually applying it? And it's actually really, really profound to think about human nature in terms of an emotional bank account and how you fill that bank account with positives and how you can do small things such as use people's people's names or build rapport using things that are interesting to them. It really is very, very foundational knowledge and it, it really is a must-read for any and every person that has anything to do with building interpersonal relationships, which should be pretty much all of us. So both very fantastic recommendations. And, Jay, like you can tell from my voice probably, I am yeah. so passionate about saving. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So we can talk about this all day long. But, uh, unfortunately, the podcast is, you know, coming towards an end. And I want people to be able to find out more about you, to reach you if um, they need to. And so, of course, I want people to follow you where I met you, which is TikTok. And your name over there is Jay Jacob White. J A um, Y J A C O B W H I T E. But where so, else can people find out more about you?
1: So TikTok is like my magazine show. It's my fun place. It's kind of like my TV station. I like to say. So it's just seeing me in my job. You won't see much of me doing my job at the moment because we're at home. But the other thing I'm really passionate about is doing book reviews on such books as self-help books, but also more. Spiritual, also politics, world politics. Think outside the box. Books that are going to just make you evolve. Um, so I'm also on Instagram, also as J Jay Jacob White, J A Y, J A C O B W H I T E. And should you ever come to London and need a place to rent, we are at Jeremy Jacob Co.
0: Oh, fantastic. Okay. I have just started following you on Instagram and I'm just super, super grateful that you decided to join us on this episode today. Um, My cat just opened the door by himself and you might hear him meowing in the back. I'm sorry. I don't know how he learned how to do that right now, but I'm kind of impressed. Um, Oh, and now he just left. Okay. I don't know how he's doing this. Okay. Okay. Anyhow, um, thank you again, Jay, so much for sharing your wisdom on sales, on self-development, on your thoughts on social media and how that implicates us as people who are learning the art of sales. And I encourage you guys all again to connect with myself and Jay in the Facebook group, Social Media School with Sanya Kilji. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you.
1: Thank you.